It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Rams, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Rams. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hey, thanks for checking out Locked On Rams. Believe it or not, this is a fact. This is not me telling lies. This is a honest-to-God fact. It is the fastest-growing podcast network in the entire country. Over 2 million listens last month, believe it or not, on the entire Locked On family. All 32 teams in the NFL. All 30 teams in the NBA. You got an NBA fantasy show. You have a Locked On the NBA. You have Locked On Fantasy Football with Vinny Iyer. Locked On the NFL with Matt Williamson. So we got you covered. Over 2 million listens just last month. Thank you for being a part of this. All right, joined by the first ever guest that we've had on Locked On Rams on the podcast, a 13-year NFL veteran, a Super Bowl champion, and he has the decided misfortune to have to sit with me for multiple hours on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon and talk about the Rams, of course. Eric Davis. Eric, thanks for coming on the podcast. appreciate no it. No problem. Glad to be invited. I don't get invited places often, especially <laughs> well, twice. Getting to know you a little bit, I'm starting to understand why. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? I'm a likable guy. You are, you are a likable I'll stop. Guy. No, I'm not going to tell that lie. All right, let's let's start with this because you and I, I think, are on the same page on this one. And and I've been talking about this on the podcast for going back all the way to the Tampa game. You and I are sitting there watching the game together, and that's Jeff Fisher's decision making. And he made a couple of weird decisions in the Tampa game. Turns out, didn't matter. Yeah. Ended up winning the game. Made a couple of more weird decisions in the Buffalo game. The fake punt in particular came back. I know you didn't like that. And then last week against Detroit, he decided to go for fourth and one from the one-yard line right before the half. They got stuffed. They didn't get the points. They ended up losing by three games. What, t- take me through the process of Jeff Fisher's decision-making because in six games, it seems like three different times, he's done some things that don't make any sense to me. I I don't understand that aspect of it. I, I, I just see when you have the momentum, when you have, and, and you're right, Tampa, it wasn't discussed. And, you know, after the fact, people are always saying, well, if it had worked, you wouldn't even be talking about it. Well, you're right. There's no need to talk about it. If you win, then obviously it was the correct decision. Uh, but these are some things that in the moment, not in hindsight, we're looking at it and we're talking about it. And it's like, don't don't make that choice. Why? Because you have the momentum. You have opportunities to do certain things. You you have a chance to it's Jeff's Jeff wants to just step on someone. He, I, I got him down and his mentality when he was my DB coach. His mentality is when you get a guy down, you step on his throat and you choke him out. Mm-hmm. You know, you go for the jugular and and you stomp a guy out. But sometimes you got to do you you got to go like old school Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, like Counter punching. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember when Sugar Ray made the comment back in the days when he was you know the king of that division when he said it's not how hard I hit you, it's that I hit you so many times. Right. And sometimes that's what you got to do. You just got to keep throwing blows and not go for the knockout punch. You got to keep jabbing. And Jeff likes to go for the knockout. If it works, great. When it doesn't, you can't 
you can't look at it and say, well, he was giving it that try and you want to be forceful and you want to impose your will. No, you have to say that was a poor coaching decision. Yeah, look, if you're George Foreman, I'm fine going for the knockout. But if you're Pernell Whitaker, I'm going to need you to put some things together. And it doesn't seem that despite the results that we're getting, he still has that knockout mentality. I wonder how long it takes to get negative results from your decision-making before you start making new decisions. Oh, well, he's wired that way. That's not going to change. Ever? No, that's who he is. And, and to expect him to do something else would be to expect him to not be himself. That's shame on you. That, that's who Jeff is. After that situation, and I believe we were talking about it in the postgame show, and you made, made uh, this, well, Jeff made the comment that he would do it this, right. again. again. And what was my response? Even after saying now he has to. on third down, <laughs> kicking at, I, like, you should kick it. I was like, you have to. You're right, because you've shown that's who you, you are. You've told your team, that's who I want you to be. That's the mindset of the coach, and and you want your players to say, in this situation, we are going to get it. He's going to do it again. If it comes down to those type of decisions, the players just have to take it upon themselves to execute because he's going to put them in that situation. We've seen it three times this season already. They started 3-1, and one, I think surprisingly so. And it felt like, hey, you know what? Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe Jeff Fisher was on to something. You go back to hard knocks, and I'm not sticking around for any more of this seven and nine bull blank. And I'm not, you know, we're not doing we're not doing any eight and eight or nine and seven. They're three and three again, and it's look, you got sick, you got ten games left to go, so a lot of different things can go a lot of different directions. But it feels to me, Ed, like this is a seven and nine sort of team. It feels like they're going to win some, they're going to lose some, and probably be about in equal parts one way or the other. If they do go seven and nine again, I know early in the season they were talking about extending him and, and Les Snead as well. If they do go seven and nine again or somewhere about that eight and eight, nine and seven, something like that, does he come back? Well, that's that's gonna be a tough one. I'd say yes. The, the, the reason I'd say yes is because you're too far out from the new stadium. Uh, I, I think that's a major part of it, that, that there's a great You're going to bring in a new coach you want it in conjunction with the new building? I believe that you're going to want it to come a little bit closer to that. Okay. I, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I, I think also you have to look at the pieces. And one of the pieces that you're still going to rely on, that he, one, one of the cards he still has in his pocket to play is Jared Goff. He hasn't played yet. Mm-hmm. So um, so you can always walk in and just say, my guy wasn't ready. That young guy wasn't ready. And now let's put him out there on the field. So that, that's, that'll be a part of it. But the most difficult part, let's say going seven and nine, after going three, after starting three and one, that's a lot of games to lose over the last 12 games. That's a lot of losing. Four and eight the rest of the way. It's a lot of losing. And that right there, that's the issue. Because the expectations of of winning were raised severely when you started off three and one. So now, and even looking at the ball club, they're in games. They have opportunities to win games. So now it's a question of closing it out. Yeah, you can say it's questionable coaching. You can say it's poor execution. But this last game is a game that they should have won. Now, it, and that's a big difference as opposed to could have won. Right. They should have won they that game. They could have won the Buffalo game. They should yes, have won the Detroit they game. They should, absolutely. They should, because with that one, hey, if you you kick it away, you give yourself an opportunity. This is a game you should have won this last week. So, that being said, it's a better ball club. This ball club is more equipped to not just compete, but to win ball games. And you've already seen them do it three times. They're sitting at three and three. They're second place in their division. More importantly, they're in the playoff hunt. 
Yeah. They're, they're truly in the playoff hunt because there have been times where, hey, they were leading their division, but they weren't in the playoff hunt. They are actually in the in position to make it to the dance, and I think they have a shot at it. 13-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion. Also see him on the NFL Network and a co-host of mine during the Rams pre- and post-game show. Eric Davis is our guest. When they're let, – let's, let's make an assumption here. Let's assume they fall out of it. Let's assume they get to instead of right around 500 and you're still sniffing around it, but you look up and they're four and eight. Okay. Do you play Jared Goff at that point? Wow. Once you're out of it, so let's just, if you're legitimately out of it, then you may as well. Yeah. At this, and that, that's the, the reason I have always, I've said from the beginning of the season, Jared Goff won't play is because I don't think at any point they're going to be out of it. Okay. I, I think that this team, looking at what this team has, looking at how they're playing, and look at what's happening happening around the league. I, 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 you, you have Minnesota, who's undefeated, and everyone else, they're dropping games. In the NFC you're talking about. Yes, in yeah. the NFC. They're all dropping games, which is going to keep them in it. So if until you are completely out of it, why would why the quarterback position is not the issue. No. So there's no reason to take him off the field. If you're out of it, yes, you may as well allow this kid to start getting some snaps because he is your future, and the only way to get better is to put him on the field. Todd Gurley finished last season with seven games in a row where he did not gain 100 yards. He's started this season with six games consecutively where he has not gained 100 yards. You and I were sitting and doing a a talk show from the Rams training camp, and everybody's really excited. Put myself in that group about Todd Gurley. Can't wait to see him get going in his second year. He had 1,100 yards in his first year, and wow, he's one of the best running backs in football and you were you were telling people hey let's just wait and see let's see what's going on let's see how he does with a whole year and people get a chance to look at him and figure out what it is that he does and he hasn't getting going what did you know then that other people had not caught on to yet well how difficult it is for a running back uh, when everyone is keying on him to have that type of success week in and week out that's a very difficult thing when you don't have a quarterback when your offense is not putting up a lot of points, when teams can can compact everything 15, 18 yards around the line of scrimmage, it's very difficult for a running back to get through. Because run defense, pass defense, okay, you can scheme things, get a guy one-on-one and all this stuff, but run defense is 11 guys to the ball. It's a, that's, that's it. So everyone gets blamed for a long run. Mm-hmm. So when you can get everyone right around that running back, it's very difficult when you're going against pro defenders for him to have that type of year. And everyone was going into this season saying, he Gurley can take them to the playoffs. Gurley can do this. And I'm like, guys, Adrian Peterson did that, but he's special. Yeah, This kid, he, he's, he's a youngster. There are so many things he hasn't seen. He hasn't even played every team in the league yet. <laughs> and everyone's saying that he's a 2,000-back rusher. And I was like, you do realize – Adrian Peterson had 2,000 yards when he took that team to, to the playoffs. Right, He was the offense. He was the MVP. And well, Gurley can be that guy. That's a lot to put on a second-year player. That's why I was saying let's just pump the brakes a little bit and let's just see. And now what I'm seeing, Gurley, and this this is the thing that I, I get a lot. When like, Oh, you're hating on Gurley. No, Gurley is a good running back. Mm-hmm. He's a really good young running back. I'm just saying he's not great yet. There's a difference. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But no, I'm just saying, I mean, he, he's a he's a really good back. He's a really good back. There's no question. He came in and he showed that. But you, but everyone was trying to make him great after eight games 
or something like that. Well, he, he's he is the next guy. I mean, he's played eight games. Very quickly before I let you go, when you look at the NFC, you mentioned Minnesota. They're unbeaten so far as we're doing this. They have not lost a game. They've got an interesting one coming up this weekend against Philadelphia. I, I put Seattle in there as another very good team in the NFC, especially what they do defensively. I, I like Russell Wilson. I think that he's a guy that you can count on. Beyond those two teams, as you look at the NFC, is there anybody else you look at and say, that right there, that's a really good team? Uh, Arizona is a really good team that's playing poorly. Okay. They're, they're not all together. Arizona's roster, Arizona can match up with anybody, and that's how you have to look at it. Uh, if I put my X's next to your O's, how many matchups can can I say I can win across the board? It's Arizona's ha- got a bunch. It's hard on either side of the ball to say that your guys are better than theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, more times than not. That's what makes them a, a team that if they get things going, you have to really, really pay attention to, to what they're doing. That, that, that's another team. That, that I think you, you really got to pay attention to. But Minnesota is playing well. As long as Sam Braff is doing what he's doing offensively, that's it. And their defense is going to keep them in every game. Seattle is the same way. Seattle, their defense keeps them in every game. And at some point, it's, it happens every year. Their offense always gets rolling, be it the running game, Usually the passing week game. eight or nine. They always get going, and and their and their defense their defense never slides. Right. It just simply we you know we were discussing the Rams sliding uh, a, a while back, and and why aren't they playing at that level? Well, they have injuries. You lose players, and and you don't get the same level of play. Seattle has a standard defensively there that just doesn't change no matter who's playing, whether it's a backup, whether it's a starter, whether a, a, someone else comes in, whether they draft a guy, there's a standard that they all play up to, period. So it keeps them in games. How good is Dallas? Dallas um, Dallas is far better than I thought they would be because yeah. their defense is... Um, Shoot, half their, league was, half their defense was suspended coming yeah, in the start and of the season. And you know, the one thing that I will say... That I that I have to my credit is that I said I don't know what these guys are going to do, and everyone's like they're going to just be horrible. I was like, <laughs> well, no, you don't know that because they they have a bunch of guys that haven't played, and that that can be a plus mm-hmm. because that 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 new guy can always step up and say, you know what, I'm not giving this job back, and they have some guys that have stepped in. The names that they had, they weren't performing. These guys are coming in and they are actually gelling, and and Marinelli had this group of guys playing well together. And then you have some guys stepping up at some positions that, you know, I mean, that you were not expecting to play. Nobody expected Mo Claiborne to make a play. Right. All of a you know, six years later, he's making plays. Right. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Late bloomer. Yeah, you know, late bloomer. So so those type things are happening. That, but Dallas, you asked earlier about the teams that I would throw down that will in the NFC. The reason I don't say Dallas is because every, every that quarterback situation mm-hmm. and everybody is talking about you know Zach uh, Dak Prescott. You're Team Romo. I'm Team Romo because I think they'll be a better offense yeah. if they put him in. If they keep Dak in, when they hit the playoffs, people are going to see you. You roll the pocket. You do the things. That, Dallas is successful right now with one receiver routes. I mean, they are max protecting. They're moving Dak. They're doing it. He has one read, one guy to throw the ball to. Is he being? Is he successful? Yes. Is he making plays? Yes. Is that one receiver going to be covered come playoff time? Yes. You're going to have to do more. That's the point. I think. I think you have more of an offense. You have more of a playbook that you can go to. 
Dak is your guy of the future. If you're talking about them going and getting, I don't think I don't think they can win the NFC with him quarterbacking. At what, can they with Tony Romo? With what they have on offense right now. Dak Press, Tony Romo, if everything else with Ezekiel Elliott <laughs> running the way he is, Monster. that offensive line doing what he's doing, and their defense playing the way they're playing right now, Dallas is better with Tony Romo, and Dallas would be able to, to I think they would be able to give a fight to whoever else they meet in the playoffs. I, I really think they could. All right, we'll end it right there. Eric, thank you. No problem, man. Let's, let's just see if I get invited back the <laughs> we'll second see. time. Yeah, you did all right. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you got the Rams and the Giants coming up from London on Sunday morning, very, very early Sunday morning, 6.30 out here on the West Coast. So get up early and check it out. We'll be back on Monday getting you ready for the bye week and, of course, the Carolina Panthers after that. That's Locked on Rams. I'm Travis Rogers. We'll see you then. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. List. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.